You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Trash Pandas, where we talk about trending and reality TV shows. Uh, My name is Lauren, and this is our other host, Lindsay. Ah, Yay. And we're so excited to talk to you guys about some stuff going on in the reality TV world in 90 Day Fiance, especially, and 90 Day Fiance the other way, and as well as any other 90 Day Fiancés and any other reality TV shows. If you want us to watch something in particular, please let us know in the comments and we will watch it and we will comment on it and let you know what's going on and all the latest. So let's get right into it. Lindsay, what have you been watching this week? Okay, so there is a new HBO documentary called All Be Gone in the Dark, and it is based off of a book by Michelle McNamara. Um, And this was really, really, really huge in the true crime world. If you love true crime, you've probably heard about this book. Um, it focuses on um, the East Area Rapist um, and how she connected those crimes to what would later be known as and what we all know as the Golden State Killer, who was caught a year ago, I think a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, Um He was caught in Northern California. He's like some 70-year-old man now. All these rapes took place in the 70s and 80s. He ended up murdering about 12 people, but he raped over 50 women. And she... um, She followed this case so closely. Like, she was... She ended up being, like... So, we talk about, like, in the true crime world, like armchair detectives. Um, and that's what she did. Like she had no background in like detective work or police work. Like she just dug into police files and talked to victims and talked to people. And she ended up writing this huge book and connecting the fact that this guy is the same guy who is committing murders later on in, in his career. I love stuff like that. Like people that are sitting at home and yeah. they're like reading about something that's going on and yeah. they end up taking the initiative to right. actually figure right. it out. That's so, pretty awesome. So tragically she passed away in 2016. Um, she was the wife of Patton Oswalt, the comedian. Oh yeah. So she, um, she ended up passing away um, and Patton ended up taking all of her writing and and getting it published into a book. And then, um, and then he helped produce this, this HBO series that focuses on all of that. They ended up catching the guy through familial DNA, which is um, when like a cousin of yours goes and does one of those like ancestry.com or like the 23andMe like genetic test. Mm -hmm the cops ended up finding him through that connected through like a third cousin. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. I had no clue. Yeah. It was, it's like super crazy. Like how they ended up catching this guy, but like she was like dead on, like she knew, like she was like, this is who we're looking for. Like he probably had like a, a past in law enforcement and he did like, she had this guy like profiled. She knew all of his cases. She got in like, um, super good with like all of the victims, like they trusted her. They told her things that they may have not even shared with like the police at the time, because 
one of the things that this documentary focuses on is um, how rape was perceived by law enforcement and just the general society in the 70s. And they show like how it was so like victim blame, blamey. Like it was like, yeah, oh, well, you must have been wearing too short of a skirt. You must have been like not doing what you should have been. You must have been walking down an alleyway by yourself late you at night. You must have been too flirty right. or too and, open and or it's too crazy easy. to see like how that is, has evolved in our thinking. Like as a society, like I feel like it's still a major problem, but it's definitely evolved since the seventies. It, it's crazy. Yeah, definitely. But what he would do, his MO, um, the East area rapist, Later, later known Golden State Killer is he would scout out houses and he would watch them. And he um, knew like what windows were not like wh- what glass panes he could remove. That's and crazy. he would come in at night and he would um, at first he was just attacking like single young women but then the media was like this is what he's doing so basically like avoid doing this and he was like playing a game he's like oh really like you think that's all I can do and then he would like attack a couple and so he would like tie up the husband he would lay dishes on the back of the husband and be like if I hear a dish move like I'm coming in here and like cutting off a finger like he was basically like scare tactics totally and that's what like the the victims would say they would be like or the survivors would say would be like that's what he took pleasure in like it wasn't the rape it wasn't anything else like he wanted to scare us I think I recall uh one of the things that he did was with like a mother and a daughter Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And it was like, they did the same thing where it was like, if, if she moved yeah, and they heard it, then, so they sat there for like hours. hours and they, and they would sit there for hours after he had been gone or they would, he would tie them up and then he would like go into their fridge, crack a few beers. And then like, he was just, it was like all about, out? yeah, it was all just mm. about like, how much can I scare you? Hard no. Um, so it's terrifying. And I'm going to tell you like right now watching it is like, don't watch it alone. Cause it is scary. Like even like me being, being in my new house, I was like upstairs and like Spencer was already asleep. And I was like looking around <laughs> me like, Oh my God. Like I'm so going to help me. I'm so glad I have dogs <laughs> that can yeah. bark. Like Anyways, it's terrifying. Um, one of my favorite people in the world, Karen Kilgareth, who is on, um, she's one of the co-hosts of my favorite murder, the podcast, which is my all-time favorite podcast. I also love it. She was really good friends with Michelle McNamara. And so she talks a little bit on the, um, the documentary series, which is really interesting because it kind of looks into Michelle's life too. And like how she went about like, becoming so obsessed about this case and like figuring these things out and like connecting dots that like they weren't connecting at the time in the seventies and eighties. Like she was the one to do it because in the seventies and eighties at the time in different police departments, they were unwilling to share information with each other. Mm -hmm. So she basically went and got all that information and put it all together and you know, really, really, truly helped like make a solid case against him once he was found. 
So it's incredible. It's, I would highly suggest watching it. I would love to do a podcast. On yeah, I'll definitely watch it. We can do something about that. it. If you guys want to see that? Let it's, us know. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really good. It's gruesome. It's scary. It's terrifying, but it's also like so rewarding knowing that they caught the guy and he actually just pled guilty to his crimes in California and he will spend the rest of his his life in jail. I mean, he's in his seventies already. So, but at least he is, at least his victims got some closure, like knowing, you know, he's, yeah. he's going to pay, like he's going to, he's going to die in jail. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's really what we want. That is <laughs> what we I want. mean, with a sociopath like that, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that he got away with it for that long. And also another super scary thing is um, this also place in like the Sacramento area and they talk about like how many like active rapists were around during that time and they were like he wasn't even like the most prolific one at the time he was just the most violent one but there were so many active rapists like in that area at the time it's like mind-blowing that's scary absolutely mind-blowing I don't like to even know like how many just like no like people Cur- in no. my area. <laughs> no, like I don't want to know. I mean, you stuff, should but. know that, but like, you don't want to know that. And then, like, the other thing is, is like they were talking about, like, at the time, like, if you were caught for a rape, like, you would get like maybe probation. Yeah, like very, not very serious. Like, sentences. no, they didn't look at it as like a serious crime. I mean, they still don't look at Brock Turner. Like, yeah, you. What st- was it? Three well, months in jail or something? It wasn't even. It was like six months. We probation. spent more time in quarantine. Right. Than he no, in jail then for he that. for a rape. <laughs> right. I mean, that's absurd. Like, it's. I just can't even wrap my brain around the fact that that's that's how we treat such a violent crime, and it is a violent crime and it should be treated as such. I agree. So it's just, it's hopefully we just keep evolving and progressing because it's not so, but so, but we saw like, I mean, you can look back at the seventies and be like, we've definitely made some strides, not a lot, but <laughs> yeah. we've made some strides. So there I, we go. It took 50 years or but right. I um didn't watch anything like super like serious like documentary style or anything like that, but I did start watching on the recommendation of my very close friend Russell. I started watching Pose on Netflix, and apparently there's a couple of seasons now. I'm not sure exactly how many there are. I'm on season two, um, but it is kind of based off of the documentary that her and I watched together called Paris is Burning. So good. Um, it's about like voguing the underground voguing. Um, lifestyle and everything that was going on during the eighties. And it's very interesting. It touches down on a lot of really important topics, um, like AIDS and prevention and, you know, just that scene in general, um, like how AIDS was treated at the beginning of the epidemic, how how people treated, not it wasn't treated at the beginning of the epidemic because of, because of the demographic that it affected. Like it's, it's a very good show. The storyline is 
really good. Everything is funny and cute and lovable. And the characters are people that you fall in love with, even in their like catty, bitchy, everything about them is just amazing. So yeah, I want to check that out because I loved Paris. Is yeah, it's, it's so a really good show. Good. And if you guys watch it, please let us know because I want to talk about it for sure. And she's going to watch it and then we will talk about it. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Paris is Burning, the documentary, watch that too. Watch that So fucking good. It's please. really, really, really good. Um, Okay, so now those are the things that I've been watching. I mean, I've only been watching that really because once I get into something, especially if there's multiple seasons, I kind of just like jump right into it and watch as many as I can and try and power through yeah, it. I can't think. I think that's pretty much like the only thing other than Naked and Afraid. <laughs> I love Naked and Afraid. And Girl, you know I, I shamelessly love that show. I just or maybe I have a little shame. I guess I just finished the last episodes of of uh, Sons of Anarchy, and it, I can I could not wait for it to end. Like it started off really good, ended oh, ended terrible. I could not I wait for feel, it to end. I don't know. Spencer keeps telling me he's like, we gotta watch the show together, and I'm like, that's okay. So not I, I watched show. it with somebody, and it was like it took a while because we only watched it together. And by the end of it, I was like, all right, let's just power through this last season because it was really bad the last season. But the first couple seasons were good. They were fun. It was, you know, like interesting and cool. And, you know, if you have a boyfriend that's interested in motorcycles and cars and stuff, cool. That's how I felt um, about too, like Dexter. But I like the first couple seasons. I love so, Dexter. I know, but the last season was. Oh no! Okay, so well, after brutal. season four, I basically was just like, all right, oh, I'm just true. doing it. After I the have Trinity to. Killer, yep. John Lithgow. After season four, Dude, that was, I was like, that was the height can't of anymore. Dexter. That was the best. That was the heart height of Dexter. Of Dexter. It, Dexter was on like a straight, like. Yeah, literally like straight, straight up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just nose died. Right. And I was like, <laughs> like, I just have to sit here and watch it because I already fucking started. I have to watch this amazing show deteriorate <laughs> into a dog pile of shit. Exactly. Like it was, it was so bad. So anyway, it's 90 day, 90 day. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we're going to start with 90 day. What now? Oh, no, happily ever. Oh, after. happily ever after. Okay. Happily yeah. ever after. Um, so let's get them all mixed up. Asuelo and Kalani. I'm like over them. Dude, I'm so over them. Okay, so basically they're having a party for like their one-year-old son and Asuelo's like refusing to come out of the bedroom and stop playing video games because he doesn't want to talk to anybody because he's I don't know if he's embarrassed about his behavior and calling his wife the B-word, but he's like hiding from everybody and they're all over there like celebrating his son's birthday dad is like such a g though he like literally goes in there he's just like i need to talk to you for a minute like you need to put your shit aside come out for your boy for your boy's birthday party and asuela finally does but it's I'm just like done with them. I feel like it's, it's just like that. He's never going to change. She's always going to feel the same way. They're either going to get divorced or they're going to continue with the same trajectory that they're on. And the thing though too is, is like she was sitting at the table and Asuelo's in the other room and her dad's asking like, okay, well what happened? And she's just unloading and telling him everything. And I'm like, okay, if you ever want your dad to like this guy ever, you gotta keep you some gotta of that stuff leave to yourself. some of that stuff out, and I'm not saying you can't vent like vent to your girlfriends, 
But like your dad, when the only time that you talk about your that. boyfriend is yeah, the is shitty bad things that he stuff. does, right? Like no one's gonna like they're, him. Right? They're all gonna be like, "This guy is awful," because that's all they hear is that he is awful. But I'm like, your dad's not gonna forget that. Like and maybe you don't want to tell your dad that he called you the b-word, and she tells him that. Yeah, I would never admit to that unless I was like, I want my dad to purposely kill him, not like him. <laughs> However. <laughs> Yeah, kill him kill immediately. Him. Just like because that's literally what would happen. Well, <laughs> yeah, and the dad is like threatens him with violence, and I'm yeah, like, he's uh, like, uh, who's ready for breakfast? Because I'm ready to serve up some ass whooping. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Asuelo, like I'm scared. For get you. out there and like come talk to them. Right? Like, like you gotta. Shit, I and, yeah, he's gotta. He definitely needs to like. I don't even know. He either needs to go home or he needs to like have a major heart to heart with the family and be like, I don't think there's anything he could do to actually make that shit make any sense anymore. To be completely honest. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if he was like, I don't feel like I'm being heard and I feel like I'm alone and I can't articulate how I feel because I don't speak the language. When you get that honest though, with your family and stuff about the things that you talk about in private or like with a significant other, because people say things that they don't necessarily mean all the time. Yeah. When you say stuff like that, your dad is never going to forget. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And your mom is never going to forget. No. And your siblings are never going to fucking forget. No. So you need to be picky and choosy. Not that you should hide if you're being abused or anything like no, that. No, no, That's no. not what I'm saying. But, but there are certain arguments you have the behind you closed yeah, doors exactly. as a couple. Like, you like, just don't, you talk to your friend about that, yeah. not your dad about that. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, yeah, for sure. I just feel like she is setting, like, okay, I feel she's like he's setting, setting them up, up for failure, but, but she she's is, setting them yeah. up for failure, she too. She's not helping out. Right. That's oh. not helpful. I can't no. imagine that it is. No, not at all. So, all right, let's move on all to right. the next one. Andre. Andre. And Libby. All right. right. Go ahead. <laughs> so they're in Moldova. They're supposed to be getting married. And they, like, come out for, like, a breakfast with the family. And Libby's, like, his mom put, like, this super elaborate, like, beautiful breakfast together. And Libby's, like, does your mom do this every morning? And he was, like, yeah, we aren't lazy like you guys are in the States. And she was just like, you literally could see like flames in her eyes. She was like, from the side of my face. She was like, oh, you want to talk about how you have a job? Like, (laughs) and you're a housewife. He was like, you want to insult me in front of my family? He was like, he was like, what did he say? He was like, women in the States listen. In Moldova, they listen double. And I was just like, ew. The like, thing you that pisses me off about him. Jerk. She says to she says to him, like, doesn't she get tired like setting oh, out yeah. breakfast all the time? And he's like, okay, so she starts to respond. His mom starts to respond, like, yeah, I get tired all the time. And as she's saying that, he just turns to her and he's like, uh, she says there's no time for being tired. Yeah. Like, that's not what she said. I don't know where you got that from because this translator thing. <laughs> told me that that's not what happened at the bottom of the screen that shit said that she gets tired as hell actually like just check right down here (laughs) you know and here's something too Libby I'm actually like I will give Libby props because she knows a lot of the language Mm -hmm. what do they speak in Moldova 
Is it Ukrainian or Russian? It's like a dialect of one of those. Anyways, she, (laughs) but like she knows the language and she can keep up like pretty good on her own. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, that's what kind of sets her apart from a lot of these other couples is like, she actually kind of knows the language, which is cool. Yeah. So she I'll picks give her up on some of the stuff and she's like, no, that's not what they said. I know like, like a lot of people were dogging her online because they were like, how are you about to throw the fact in Andre's face that you have a job when it's your dad that's like giving you the job and it's your dad that's giving you the money. And it's like, okay, wait, hold on. Here's the thing. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for Libby and her connections they would have nothing. So yeah, it is nepotism. Yeah, it is like she's privileged for sure. But don't degrade her for like the work that she does go out and do. Yeah, and, absolutely. Like, she is a mom too. Like, yeah, like it she, might be her family's business, but she's still working right, for them. It's still, not like you just sit back and like right collect. and like well, and I'm sure she does get a lot more than well, sure. She, like we probably but would what is he doing? business? But oh. right, he's literally doing nothing, and he's like saying he's like taking care of the baby. But I'm like, I don't know. It just like I would love to see like just like a be like a fly on the wall for like, right. like what he does with that child every day, like. You're taking care of the house and the baby and you're putting down your wife. I don't know. I just feel like. I like how we're like, how dare, uh, what's his name, say that she's lazy with the kids or that um, she's. <laughs> Andre. <laughs> and Andre, we're like, oh, you just have the kids. <laughs> you just have a kid to deal with. Oh, no, and whatever. Like, okay, I'm not saying that it is easy, but like, don't say that. Don't have this macho attitude like I run the household, I make all the decisions. Yeah. When you aren't okay, that sounds sexist too. <laughs> I just talk ourselves like, in circles. Why, no, I know, but like, why can't you just agree that like your wife is bringing as much to the table as you are? Like, right. why can't you're you... not saying that what you're doing is hard, right? But we're not saying that what she's doing is easy, right? Exactly. So, like, why can't if you, you guys just agree that you're both spending like as much time? Partner. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. And like, okay, whatever. It is cultural, but um, welcome to America. Like, you see her family, you see how her sisters are, you see how her parents are like, it's not the same. You don't live in that culture anymore. So time to like reevaluate like your gender roles and like how women should be treated. Because if you were living how you were living in Moldova, where you were out making all of that money and you were doing all those things, then I would be like, okay, well, then maybe that's a cultural thing. But you're not even doing that. Yeah. Like, you're not out you're there. You're giving her a hard time. Right. Even though your friends, which his friends do, they yeah. give him a hard time being like, how come you're not working? That's not what we do. You're right. supposed to be working. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. When they go to the bar together and his friends totally dog on. They're like, so you're... A stay at home, my mom. Just straight dunking. Like, yeah. And and then like Libby's talking to his friends and they're like, Yeah, my family thinks he's rude and he's 
um, arrogant and that he's like all these, again like, with the oversharing of all yeah, these things. And I'm like, like, you're literally just making them be like, you shouldn't be with this girl. And they're like, like well, that's how Moldovan men are. And I'm just like, okay. But then he turns around and says about her sister that, oh, we'll just like leave her because she's like too outspoken or like whatever. And he likes what I can't remember what he says about her, but he says something like derogatory about her. And I was like, why? are you even like making a a big deal about her sister coming here? Like she might be more outspoken, but that's just how in their own words, how American women are versus girls from. And they keep like alluding to, they're like, Oh, they're going to be a bunch of stupid, loud Americans. They're going to get in trouble and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) That's what I'm saying is I'm like, really dude, you're just like freaking out. I'm like Libby survived and she came from that family and she fared just fine. She had the same upbringing and she's fine. Right. But Libby does seem like she's a little bit more, a little bit more like a pushover for things like that. She wouldn't like speak her mind as much as like one of her sisters would. All right. Oh, well. Okay. So Angela, Michael, Michael. Okay, so um, let's just do this one real quick. They were just cute. Like, I cannot even believe I'm saying that. Like, I cannot even believe I'm saying that because I hated Angela for so many seasons. I know. But, like, her saying goodbye to her mom and, like, this is maybe the last time she's going to see her mom because her mom's health is totally failing. And she knows, like, this could be one of the last times she sees her mom. Um, so she says goodbye to her mom. She arrives in Nigeria. She sees Michael and they're just cute. Like it looks like they're like in a sincere relationship. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's for him to get like an American. No, not at all. Actually, it seems very much so like they are just actually in love. Yeah. Which, you know, in the very beginning seasons of them, I was like, oh, there's just no way to America. Yeah. But no, it seems like they're pretty much in love. And like you said, I think in the last episode, we were talking about how she's just become more like humanized humanized because and of all these terrible things she's been going through. Right. And now I like her. And before I used to hate no, her, I so want her weird. off as I quick as possible. I cannot like her, but I find something so endearing about her. Like TLC must be giving her like the best edit the best. of all time. Um, Thought it was super funny when they go to the hotel and there's a rat, <laughs> the dead rat. It reminded me of like Big Ed. Michael, get out of here. Michael, oh my God. And then she goes, (laughs) and then Michael like chases her with a dead. I know my favorite part is she's like, that's dead, that's germ. That's dead, that's germ. I was like, that is the best line. I'm gonna say that from here and out. That's dead, that's germs. (laughs) Everything I ever touch, I'm gonna be like, nope, that's dead, that's germs. (laughs) From here on out, I hope you all follow along. Like, if I post that, you know what I'm talking about. That's that. That's germs. Like, when I do dirty dishes, that's that. That's germs. No, I'm not. When I have to like touch raw chicken breast, that's dead. That's that's germs. (laughs) Paul and Karini. Oh my. Paul is just too crazy. I can't with him. Paul telling Karini to powder the baby's balls is really funny. Get get his balls. <laughs> get his balls. She's like, Paul, I know. I'm like, dude, why are we talking she, about she powdering so the kids' balls so much? It. Oh my god. 
So um, basically, that's just a huge shit show. So he goes to like ask his mom for money and they go out to a dinner and his mom's like, where's Karini and Pierre? And he's like, oh, they're at home. And she's like, well, I wouldn't have come. Had I known they weren't going to be here, like she, she doesn't even want to having straight disses. She the doesn't entire even want to have dinner with her son. <laughs> like she's like literally like, I just want to see my grandchild. F you. <laughs> like I've had enough of your shit, Paul. I'm tired of Paul because oh my he God. says things to his mom that I'm like, how He's, terrible. Well, he tries. And she calls him out on it. He tries, he to, tries manipulate to manipulate her, her with a baby. Sure. Like, well, I just want to provide a better life. Yeah, for he deserves a good life. Well, then go out and fucking do some Get work. a job. Yeah, like, what have you been doing? And, like, here's the thing, too, is, like, what we, sh- like, talked about is, like, okay, I totally understand going to your parents when you've been having, like, a really hard time. But it seems like Paul has had hard time after hard time after hard like it seems like he can never and she even says this himself like he can never get his feet on the ground yeah he can it's, never it's like whenever it's alone right. it's alone it's alone we've, we've done so many things to it's try so to get him on his feet and he always screws it up so we're done and I was actually really proud of her for being like no, we're not loaning you money. Like you need to figure it out. Yeah. But the only thing that makes me so sad for is Karini. I feel so bad for Karini. So they are going to. She's gone through so much. They go to like a trailer park to go look for a home. And the, I don't know, the, the landlady, the realtor of the trailer. I don't know. What do you call it? Like the landlord landlord, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So she shows them like these homes and the first home is like a, a trailer and she's like, okay, so you can buy it as is the trailer is completely trashed. Like they would have to, I mean, at that point, like when I was looking at that trailer, I was like, you might as well just implode it. <coughs> Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. You might as well just like completely like demo it and just like build something on that property. Cause it right. was like so trash. I'm like, there's no way there's not mold like all in these. Wa-. Like it was a hot mess. He's like, Hey, we have to go because all you're living in is a hut. Yeah. We have to go to America I For found a better you, life. I found you this hut to live in. <laughs> That's literally what he did. He was like, we it's can't stay here anymore. Because You're just in a hut. Here's the thing, though. It's, We're going to live in a hut. It's like, okay, if I was Karini, I'd be going back to Brazil. Because at least in Brazil, you have the support of your family. Right. Which she doesn't even have. Like, Paul's family is not helping. Not being supportive. At all. Like, the mom was like, yeah, I'll babysit Mom cares about the baby, though. And that's the thing, is I think that she does. I think she's going to give in. Because she does care about the baby. Because Paul Paul is going to pull that card. Where he is going to be like, hey, look at the life you're giving to my child, your grandson. Because of you, we have to live this way. He's and they're going to give in. I guarantee it. I guarantee they're going to fucking So the in. next place that they look at within the same trailer park is like an RV. It's not horrible. But Karini was like, there's no way I can have a baby in here. Like, a baby needs to crawl around. There's no yeah. place for this baby to crawl around. Like, Karini was like mortified, mortified. And Paul was like, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. And I was like, 
nice optimism, dude. But like, if I were her, I would be like, send me back. Look at send his car. Send me back. Look at how many um of the tack- the huge footlockers he sent with him and then brought back. Like, this is going to be a hoarder's nightmare. Dude, they, I swear to God. He they're is he's a hoarder. hoarder. I guarantee it. I guarantee no, he it. is. He is. Did you see their apartment? I did. And I saw his it's car. And I was like, this is not a viable situation. And did you see them at the grocery store together? And they're like, he's like, oh my God. Oh. He goes, 10 for 10. You have to buy at least 10. And I'm like, no, no that's, that's not, not how, how that works. works. That's not how you that don't works. Have to you buy do not 10. have to buy 10. If you think you have to buy 10, you don't. don't, I'm telling you right now, you do not have to buy 10. (laughs) I'm sorry if you thought that, but you do not have to buy 10. And that's what Karina was like, we don't need that much. Like, we only need this much. Like, we don't have room for anything. We're living in a hotel. I understand buying in non-perishable items in bulk, like diapers, things like that. Toilet paper, pandemic. Sure, I get it. I totally get it. But they aren't in a financial situation to be, to be able to afford that. that. And that's what Karina was saying. Is I felt we so can't afford that hurt. right now. Like just by the bare minimum for right now, because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. So I feel awful for her because there's no way her family is going to be able to afford to buy a plane ticket for her and the baby back. Like. It feels like she's stuck. I just feel awful for her. And I read somewhere that she's pregnant with baby number two. I also read that. Mm. I'm like, which is like, I don't know. I can't like feel bad for you. I don't want to like look too many things up because I really like just kind of finding out every week. I could go on right now and find out who's still together and all that stuff. Like we all could do that. But I like to find out. I like something to look forward to. I love trash. So I just want to see all the things that people are talking about. Do you love trash? Are you trash man I'm a trash panda. Are you? And I love trash. Girl. It's a real thing, though. And, like, (laughs) I I know so many other people that are like, oh, my God, I I live for this show. My mind is filled with so much of this garbage. So much. (laughs) I could literally (laughs) answer questions about 90 Day Fiance. you didn't want to (laughs) know. I could tell you. I've looked them up. All right. I'm on subreddits. <laughs> it's sick. It's sick. Okay. Last one. Colt and Larissa. Uh, so Colty goes with uh, Mother Debbie to Brazil to see Jess. They're discussing in the car together. They're making out. Jess says right in Super front. Rude. Jess is so disgusting. Says right in front of Debbie like, oh, let's go back to the hotel so we can have sex. Like, gross, 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 gross. Like, I almost feel like she's so outrageous that it's like, this must be for TV. Like, this must be to I get on TV. I thought the same Because thing. she's just so outrageous. She's constantly, like, pushing the buttons yeah. and seeing like, how far she can take it. So I thought the same thing, like, whether or not she was doing it just for TV or she just wanted more airtime, how outrageous can I be? You and know, Colt and her are making out right in front of his mom in the taxi. Mother Dobbs so in the back seat, and they're making out in the front seat. And and his mom's like, "Are you serious right now?" And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Ew, you know what, Cole? Yeah, you know what you going know on. what you Cole. know what your mom thinks." And that's like disgusting. Like, who does that? Who Debbie does is a that? demon. No. Debbie is a demon, and that's to quote Larissa. It's <laughs> a quote Queen Larissa. Queen Larissa who is yeah. against the queen will die, <laughs> and she is a queen. 
I love Larissa. Love so Larissa goes and meets up with her ex, who we saw in the 90 Day Tell All last season. They had broken up, but now her and him are going to like try to make it work and get back together. That's dumb. Something about something. One of the reasons they broke up was something about her having a like, cheese butt. She kept on saying cheese butt. She kept on I saying was like, cheese butt. And I did not. Mean, does she mean like cellulite? I could not I could not follow the conversation. One of his ex-girlfriends was like harassing her about having a cheese butt either. or something. And she ended up calling the cops on this ex-girlfriend and him for like harassment because she ended up saying like, I didn't want to mess with like my my immigration status like yeah because she's was, on probation yeah she's oh yeah and she's on probation she's on probation so it's if, if she were to get in trouble she would probably be deported so right. i understand her entire situation however yeah. you don't like make claims against people that aren't part of that and i like when she said the whole cheese butt thing i was like do they mean like cellulite like that, cottage that, cheese yeah ass? probably okay because that's like and probably. i was like maybe i didn't know if she was trying to say like just that she had like a big ass or something but i was like first of all she, she got, looks great didn't she get the brazilian butt lift like she, she looks, looks great. great she looks great she looks she looks so great. good i love her her lips are getting a little they're getting excessive her lips are getting although i would love to get some little lip action all right not gonna lie okay so let's talk about before the 90 day okay we got a lot to unpack here Devin and jihoon okay i i still love jihoon i'm not gonna lie i still love jihoon i love him less for the things that he's doing but i still think that he is hilarious um i think it's fucked up that he is lying to her about his uh, ability to provide for his money. family, mm-hmm. which is screwed up. But I'm like, Devin, we already knew we've done this for another, a year before yeah. we already knew that he wasn't going to do this. Well, like I wouldn't have ever thought that he was actually going to follow through. So there are two sides to this. So like, yeah, he's like a self, we always talk about, he's a self-proclaimed man child. Like he is self-proclaimed. So there's that you, you, and you know this about him. Like, you know this about him. And then he tried to plead his case to her. And I thought this was actually going to go in his favor until he said something. But he was like, listen, I've been, like, on edge ever since I met you. Like, we got pregnant right away. I had to step up and be a father right away. We got into a marriage right away. Like, all this stuff hit me in life, like, really fast. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is good, Jihoon. This is good. Like, keep going with this. And then he's like... You know, and then I work a job and, you know, I decide to work a part-time so I can take a rest when I want to. That was when and I was like, all hell broke loose uh, though, for me too. Because if you're literally saying I can't work full-time because I like to nap. <laughs> that's what he was saying. That's like literally what you're saying. He's. I can't work because I like to nap. And he likes to take breaks. It's so stupid. <laughs> And then, you know, she's just kind of, like, sitting there, like, flabbergasted, like... She was like, excuse me, we... First of all, didn't he say, if you come live here, you can be a stay-at-home mom? That was the whole entire point of her coming there? Yeah. What happened, Jihoon? Dude. What happened? We all want to know. Because 
stay at home mom is totally different than I need to work part time like, so I can nap more. I am like totally taking the side of his Korean friends who are like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's an embarrassment. Like, <laughs> dude, you are yeah. like he get is. your shit together. I'm sorry, like. You have a child you, now. You had all the time. You're close to 30. He's close to 30. Like, just go work full time while you can. So you can, like, make her feel better until you can figure something else out. Like, maybe eventually she wants to start making money outside of the household. That's fine. Then have a combined income. But, like, just help her out right now. Because... That's what she was saying. She was like, it makes me, because then he was saying how his mom manages his money. And she was like, it makes me feel like I've been spending all my own money and you haven't been helping out at all. You've just been saving your money. You've just been trying to save your money for whatever purpose. But he gives it to his mom, which I'm like, how do you like keep track of how much money you have? (sighs) And, And like, it's a mess. And then he said that he had $3,000 um, saved up. Yeah. And like when he said that, I was like, he was saying at the same time that he was making $3,000 a month. Right. Right. And at the time he was living with his mom and his dad and he didn't have any bills to pay. But he was paying off that. But he is fine. paying off his debt. Right. Well, so. yeah. But he had like a huge fine to South Korea for selling uh used stolen stolen phones right so that's what he was paying off but it's just like dude okay pay off that debt i get that's a really big debt but pay it off but also maybe be just taking some of that money and sending it to her for like formula diapers whatever just to take care of your child something something. to take care of your kid like she's obviously going it alone in the states yeah it's just that was brutal and like I don't ever feel bad for Devin because I like just don't because she's really hard to like but like I did feel for her I was like that has to be so hard they're obviously making some money because she's getting all kinds of plastic surgery done. oh yeah we want to talk about off the show so yeah we do all right I mean I'm down she's got major plastic surgery we will post a picture on our she trash panda facebook she has gotten like not only major lip fillers but like something way redone with her face like she looks totally different she's modeling in south korea or she was modeling like pre-pandemic yeah um but she looks totally she looks good like no she looks wonderful like she looks great amazing but it's like talk to that doctor totally different totally different so somehow she's making disposable income somehow and i wonder how that's happening because like if is she being paid i feel like it would be jihoon that's getting paid from 90 day fiance the other way because he's the actual resident i heard that it was the americans that get paid it is the americans that get paid? Uh, that's what i heard but i'm sure I'll that look into that more yeah. and find out because Does anybody know look on reddit for us real quick yeah i would love to know squeeze into reddit um reddit knows everything um okay next one summit and jenny Again, super boring. Like, they go out to meet one of Summit's friends who's getting divorced. Um, Jenny finds out that his divorce is, t- is taking four years. Um, but he also says that's because it's not a mutual divorce. His right. wife is trying to get, like, everything from him. And in Summit's case, like, his wife 
and his family have already like decided on an amount and they're like, all right, pay us as pay this and that's and it. then we're done. We're done. So I wonder if there's anything that would make it that they could change their mind about that because it's not necessarily like, is it, yeah, written in, is it written in know. like actual contract? Yeah, like, do they have like a lawyer that has right. like signed off? On I am or, curious like, about that because well, he contract. did say that he could go and get, get paperwork. I mean, they could go look at the paperwork, yeah. but he couldn't get the paperwork uh, because it's not finalized. Yeah. But it's like, if it's not finalized, and does that mean that that can be changed? If you right. know anything about that, please let us know. We've got questions. We have questions yeah, about a lot of, of these. Is anybody a lawyer, Visas an immigration stuff, lawyer, a divorce know. lawyer? If you know someone, in India, tag them. We want to know. <laughs> let, let us please know, we have answer our goddamn questions. <laughs> All right. I'm having a terrible time. Let's go on to the next one. Armando and Kenneth. Armando is so cute. He's making Kenneth like this little craft, like. Love knows no borders, and he has like this little picture of Florida and a little little picture of Mexico that he like glued to like this little picture poster thing. Mexico is very big, and Florida is very like. Well, it was just like the <laughs> peninsula of Mexico. Right. Like I forget the name of the peninsula. Sorry, oh, sorry, I'm not man. in jeopardy. Anyways, and he like takes yarn and puts it from like Florida to Mexico to like symbolize so his journey there, and um. Anyways, he's preparing for Kenneth to arrive. Their apartment is dope. Gorgeous. Dude, it's... I would live there. Dude, they he are stands living, outside. He's on the living top floor. in a gated community. He's on the top floor overlooking the ocean. The apartment is beautiful. It looks gorgeous. He even uh, says, this is the biggest kitchen I've been in. Or it's a bigger kitchen than I'm used to being I in. So I don't jealous. know where to put things. And I was like, dude, I would definitely live where he totally lives live he there. opens up his little uh sliding glass doors to the ocean yeah it looks like they're living in like a like all-inclusive resort like it's it really so does freaking nice i it's want so to live there nice. and we were wondering who's paying for that we really want to know um well armando, we, armando admitted that he couldn't even get like gifts for Kenneth. And that's the so. thing is that we know that like Kenneth is really paying for it, but I feel like Armando was probably also putting away money too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, he, I, like I said before, I don't want to discredit him like, at all. Like she said before, we both agree. We really believe that they are in love. And oh, yeah. I think that he would have done anything. To they get are Kenneth for there. sure a real couple. For sure. I'm seriously waiting for that I haven't told a moment because I know. I, I know it's coming. We know that it's coming with all of the people. We already know that that's a thing. It'll be interesting to see. I want to know like, what it is. Kenneth, like, interaction with Hannah. Because they got Armando's, they got Armando's out of the way immediately. It was like, my yeah. family doesn't know, kind of. Well, they know, but they yeah. don't know. Yeah. And I feel like the one that we're waiting for is, like, it's going to be something big because it's been pushed back. I mean, what episode are we on? Six now? Seven now? And know. it's like, if you're pushing it back that far, it's a it's a banger. Yeah. We already know that it's a banger. That's why <laughs> last season with Jenny and Summit, oh it was like the, the episode before the last episode. That was crazy. when you see that entire I thing go I was not expecting that. that at all. So I know we're already halfway through the season. It's a banger. It's we, a banger. we already know it's going to be a It's thing. a good one. Um, okay, so can't wait to see because next week Kenneth arrives and they get to hug and embrace each other. Aww. Aww. Okay, next one, Ari and Binyam. Okay, so 
Ari is the girl moving from Connecticut to Ethiopia to be with Finium. She's pregnant. She's like six months, six months, six months. Yeah. Okay. Six months pregnant. So we see like, um, Binion's apartment that his first apartment that he has like set up for her. And it is not, not okay. It's not what I would prefer, but it's not as terrible as I was expecting, expecting it to be. Yeah. That, that sounds awful. But, um, the bed actually is fine. Like, and all that, but then you go into the bathroom and the bathroom's like, there's not even like a toilet toilet seat seat. how do you how do you go to the bathroom as a pregnant woman with no toilet seat you gotta hover oh no nine months pregnant hovering you can't nine months pregnant hover nope you need a toilet seat on that bitch like I can't even imagine like first world problems maybe I don't know definitely but so her mom comes to see the apartment. She's just, like appalled, and she like asks like how they get water and stuff. And she sees like this huge like water jug like in the corner outside. And she's like, "So how long does that water sit there for?" And he's like, "One to two days." And she's like, "How do you disinfect that every one to two days?" And he's like, "We take leaves, leaves and we disinfect it and leaves." His, her mother, who's an ER nurse for 30 plus years, is like horrified. Absolutely. And Lauren and I went on like a little like dive into like infant mortality rates because I was like, okay, obviously like this, these conditions were good enough to raise Binyam and his brothers and sisters. And so we went on like a little dive on like infant mortality rates like from Ethiopia and the United States and Ethiopia's infant mortality rates is quadruple that of the United States. So there's issues there (laughs) and there's issues when you're talking about going over there and having a baby. I mean, like, I just can't imagine when your option is, United States, you have that option and you're choosing. There's got to be a to, reason why he's not to go to that to America. medical, that healthcare system. I mean, right. I'm sorry. Like there's, I feel like there's something in every mom that's like, I'm going to choose like the absolute freaking best for my baby. And I understand like, she doesn't want to do it alone without her partner. Like I can't, I can't freaking imagine that. But just the healthcare, yeah, alone, like I can't imagine. And I'm not even saying like we were even talking about how like the United States has had like a major dip in, um, uh, like fetal uh mortality rates, infant mortality rates, and maternal uh mortality rates, like for the moms, like dying in childbirth or shortly thereafter and um, the United States doesn't even rank the best, but um, we do have a better shot than Ethiopia. Yeah. By quadruple. By quadruple. Which is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. That's a lot. Um, So I completely, I think that we came to, I think it was uh, like 3.4% mortality rate per a thousand. thousand. It was 34 out of every thousand ended up dying. Not yeah, maybe where it. in the United States it was six. 
out of every 1000. Right. So, I mean, that's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. And not only that, but like when they were talking about earlier, um, they were talking to healthcare providers and they were like, if you need a blood transfusion, sometimes the blood is not available. I mean, we always have shortages in the United States of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it, and then thinking about the shortage in Ethiopia, like, you know, and then like, we already don't have access to epidurals in Ethiopia. Like if you need that or any of the medicine you may need, we have met, they have met, they have shortages of medicine there. Yeah. Like, so think about if you have any complication or anything that goes wrong, like, Oh girl, I'm praying for you. Like, I just don't, I, we want you to make it and we want course. your baby to make like, it. Of course. Like I would never like, we're yes. just looking out for you. I'm just like that to me is not, it's not sensical. Like it just it's not, it doesn't make sense. Why it's not something I would choose to do at all. And I understand this is her first baby. She wants to be with her partner, but go home, be with your mom, be with your dad, who is a doctor, your mom, who is a nurse, like go have right. the baby there, bring them over Seems afterwards. Seems like that's probably your know. best option. I don't know. And I then, guess I don't know because I don't have kids. But. I know. And then Binyam brings them over to their second apartment. He's like, oh, we're going to have this all in order, like in two weeks. And the apartment's in shambles. There's like, okay, I loose guess. wires. Loose wires. Open paint chips, paint chips everywhere. You're just yelling. Paint chips, paint chips, loose wires, <laughs> wine bottles. There were wine bottles on the floor. There were wine bottles, though. Uh, but like the mom's, like the mom goes there and she's like, "Let's get real. Like this is gonna take you a lot longer than two weeks. At least to a month. Get this together, with right? With a crew of people with unlimited access to resources, like." There's just no way. And I felt really bad for Binyam because you can totally tell. He's trying so His heart is in the right place. And I totally understand, like, he's, his heart is in the right place. And he wants to do the right thing. But I'm just like, dude, this is an American girl. Like, she's got crazy other standards. And she's not just, like, an American. She's, like, a doctor's daughter. Like, she has lived a really privileged life. Yeah. And then she's coming there. But then at the same time, I look at her and I'm like, you knew what you were getting into. You had been to Ethiopia. Like, you know what you were doing. So we're going to go slightly over on this just so you guys know. Um, But our next is our last one. And that's Yazin and Brittany. And they were a shit show. So this is going to take us just a minute. Um, I thought that this entire thing was crazy. He shows up at her hotel and, and apologize, apologizes for the way that he treated her the night before. And he's like, I was jealous. I was jealous of, yeah, exactly. Gross. Fuck you. Um, he ends up being like, okay, we're going to go to my dad's house or my parents' house first and gives her like a, a job. Well, no, she he, decided not to wear the dress. She decided not to wear the clothes, but he, she wore the right. hijab, but he buttoned up her jean coat like all right. the well, way he, up. Well, he brought her an clothes. entire outfit. Yeah. And she said she wouldn't wear it and decided to wear the hijab. Yeah. So, okay, cool. 
all right, fine. As long as you're doing like the bare minimum. Yeah. And brings her to his parents. And that is when shit goes crazy. Dude, <sighs> I don't even know where to begin. Like he was like, he, uh, I well, first they're pushing this marriage like to happen within the week. His like, parents are like, we want you to come meet us tomorrow and then go be married to by the Sunday. place the next day. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. is insane. She is like, that's not going to happen because my family is not here, but real reason it's not going to happen is because she's still she's married. not divorced yet um, from her ex. So she's keeping that like a secret and like, thank God girl, she did. Like, you need to get out of there ASAP. Like, what are you doing? So yeah. the mom, Yazan's mom like refuses to like be on camera because of like a cultural belief or whatever, but like um, she was super feisty this episode. It yeah. was a little intimidating, very scary. I don't, I would have been terrified. There was definitely a breakdown between, um, you know, cultural and like languages and stuff. So like her, the parents are asking about her getting married and she says that she wants to wait for her parents to she get there. She wants to wait till like January and we January. don't have any timeline of where we don't know where it's at in the year. Right. We have so no we don't know how many months away January But they're is. like, it's been a year already. You're making us wait until January. Your problem before was because of the divorce papers. Now your problem is because of your parents not being here. And it's just become a shit show. They start, his mother starts attacking her. Like yeah. hardcore. Not, yeah. not physically, but verbally. Standing yeah. up, getting in like her face. yelling at her. Yelling at her. Saying like, you're basically just giving well, him the runaround. We shouldn't have to wait five or 10 more years for you to get your shit My together. son's 26 years old. He needs to be married. He needs need to kids. have babies. Like mm-hmm. you need to marry him. We're sick of excuses, all this. But like, can I also say like, it started at something that was like so mundane. So like Yazan was like, you're my baby. And she was like, I'm not your baby. And his mom, like, started oh, yeah. to lose she it freaked out like she was like you're like, saying no you, that he was like she said to Yazan she was like you tell her like in Muslim culture like if he says you're her baby she says yes I'm your baby like she wanted to make it picture perfect clear that a woman should be submissive like no matter what and like then after this huge blowout, the last thing like his mother was saying was like, Oh, and here she's saying, like, no, I'm not your baby, Yazan. Like she was like so angry about this. And I'm like, it really made her upset. It was it was awful. And like here I am like thinking, I'm like, I just don't even know like what like side to be on because I have no like prelude to like what their relationship like what did Yazan tell Brittany it was gonna be like right so and, you and know that's the thing is and we, then because also Yazan you knew what Brittany was like based on her social media well, so what did what did you tell her in life was gonna in the be beginning like couple episodes it, he doesn't talk and she says oh I told them that I wasn't going to just accept as long yeah I wasn't just gonna be, however right. in his episode that he premieres on he says she's going to accept Islam but I'm trying to like baby step her into it and so it 
that's a little bit weird because they're saying two totally different things. She's saying, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept it, but I have to like, kind of like be baby stepped into it, which he said, but then he turns around and he's like, oh, well, you're saying that you disrespect me and you're telling my family that you disrespect me. So it was just, it's very weird. weird. The entire thing is really weird because even I guess like, even from the beginning, like they had discussed, like they weren't going to get married like right away. And like, she goes there and her, his parents are like pushing to get married this week, right away. Yeah. Immediately. And like, here's the thing. But he said that to his dad said that to him, like in the last episode that she wanted him to do it within a week. Yeah, he did. So I don't know like who's lying or who's telling the truth, but it just seems like such a mess. Like there's, I just can't even imagine them working out as a couple because there's, I don't think so. There's such extreme. I think it's going to be a, she goes home early kind of thing because she, she really loves her freedom and her like career that she's her career. And she loves like, and that's what she said to him too. Like, you don't respect me as a black person. She said that to him and it's like completely true. Like he doesn't know how to though, but and that, but he's like, he's just expecting her to go over there and like bend to all the cultural rules. But then at the same time, there's something in my head that's being like, well, Brittany, what did you expect? Yeah. You're going into a place that doesn't really have. Right. Like, or no. And you're like, going into a place that like doesn't allow women. Right. In to general. To do those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, to do those things. And his family is on top of it super conservative like it's not like they're like a progressive family living in Jordan no they are extremely conservative so it's just like I don't know like I just feel like that's just not good it's no bueno like I feel like both of them are dumb for like thinking this is even a thing that's gonna work but what was so funny is when she looked she totally dogged him and she was like maybe you should go marry one of your cousins <laughs> and I was like oh girl yeah. marry one of your cousins yeah, yeah, yeah. oh Hilarious. it stopped right there like <laughs> dog seriously go marry one of your cousins no but I'm just like I don't know that's just a mess that's yeah, not it's all a mess it's a, but it's a great mess to watch. We love it. I love it. I think that about wraps everything up that we watched for this week. So for if, sure. if you guys, once again, are interested in watching any other shows, we don't care what it is. Love After Lockup. If it's 60 <gasps> days in, we don't Wait, care. Wait, can we stop? That starts next week. I know. And that's why I brought it up. So we will be touching. We're going to be talking about Love After Lockup um, for sure. So watch if, Love After Lockup because it's watch the it trashiest trash I'll ever see. If you are interested in any other shows, trashy or trending, we don't care what it is. Please message us and we will watch it and we will comment on it. You guys can come and join the conversation. We would love to read off some commentary. So please do that. And tune in next week and we'll be back with the latest of all of trashy and trending TV. Bye. Bye.